You are listening to the Mythical Jesus Podcast, Taking the Christ of Faith Seriously. I'm your host, Bill Real. This podcast dives into faith development, cognitive development, biblical scholarship, and does so using the life and teachings of Jesus Christ. Hold on to your seats. This is going to be a fun ride. These episodes will be short, but they are going to dive into the Jesus story in ways that you have never done before. So thank you for joining us. You are listening to the Mythical Jesus Podcast, Taking the Christ of Faith Seriously. Come thou fount of every blessing Tune my heart to sing thy grace Streams of mercy never ceasing Call for songs of loudest praise Teach me some melodious sonnet Welcome to episode five. I'm your host, Bill Real. Grateful for this chance to be with you. We are going to dive into Mark chapter one, verse 12. And this comes right after last, uh, the last episode where we talked about how um, Jesus goes to John the Baptist, he gets baptized, and he has this very personal experience where God tells him, you are my son and you are loved. What a deeply profound thing. And, and I think all of us within a, a, some sort of spiritual mindset, whether we are deeply in some uh, religious uh, institution or whether we're searching for spirituality on our own, I think each of us have had these moments where we recognize that we're, we're, we belong in this universe we're part of this universe and it's a miracle that we're here and that in in some way and again each of us can frame this however we want but that in some way the message is like we are part of it and we are loved in in mark chapter 1 verse 12 after jesus has this baptismal experience at the hands of john the baptist with with this dove descending and this voice of god making this pronouncement, then immediately after something interesting happens, verse 12 says, the spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness. This idea of Jesus being called into the wilderness, the spirit, it isn't Jesus making a decision on his own, the spirit then compelled Jesus to go into the wilderness if you're familiar with Brene Brown, and if you're not, I would suggest you get familiar with Brene Brown. But one of her books is titled Braving the Wilderness. And we ought to recognize, and again, I'll point to another voice, which is Richard Rohr, and I would suggest the book of Falling Upward. But if, you're, if you've listened to Brene Brown, if you've listened to Richard Rohr, this, there's this idea, and there's lots of other folks too, and on our website, you'll, you'll find... Um, resources to these books, to these ideas, to these kinds of teachings so that you can begin to kind of eat these up and see where this progressive Christianity, this progressive spirituality, where it takes us. But the Spirit compels Jesus to go into the wilderness, and it's immediately after his baptism, according to Mark, at least, at least in chronological order, if that's what Mark is doing for us. 
And in this wilderness, he's tempted by Satan. And we can go into some of the events that are happening here, but it's a recognition kind of that Jesus is on his own for a while. That just after God comes down and tells him, you're my son and I love you, he goes into the wilderness where God isn't present and he's on his own and he's being tempted. And so in the idea of faith development, right here is the fracture. There's this fracture from God was there and now he's not. And so as we begin to kind of wrestle within our own lives, what does that fracture look like and what does it mean to be in the wilderness? I want to set this conversation up with a quote uh, from John Pauline. John Pauline is a uh, he's a professor of religion, religious studies, but specifically one of the things he's done that I think is really helpful is that he has written out and explored and discussed at length faith development. And we borrow lots of these ideas as we go through these episodes. But one of the one of these precipice moments in our own faith journeys is this moment called the dark night of the soul. And until you've had the dark night of the soul, you just don't know what it is. And, and yet, if you've had it, you can look at other people's description of their life journey and you're like, yeah, 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 that. That's it. I've had that. That's happened to me. And it, this dark night of the soul, when it happens, we go from what Richard Rohr calls the first half of life into entering the gate to the second half of life. And... If you haven't had the dark night of the soul, you're going to struggle deeply to understand faith development, cognitive development in this way. Once you've had the dark night of the soul, for those who have had it, understanding cognitive and faith development, you, you see it. Again, once you see it, you can't unsee it. Here's what John Pauline says. At the very height of spiritual success, something tends to happen that we least expect usually between the ages of 30 and 50. Now, that's usually. Some people experience this much younger. Some experience this much older. And a large chunk of the population doesn't experience this at all. That's my words. Back to him. When followers are increasing, and he's speaking to other pastors, but you'll sense how much of this applies generally as well. He says, When followers are increasing, people are feeling blessed, funds are flowing in to support the ministry, and awards are being given. At this time comes a very unwelcome guest. It is a personal crisis many have called the dark night of the soul. Past certainties suddenly become inadequate. We call into question everything we have ever believed and everything we have ever done. We feel like failures, like we can't do anything right. We are humbled. Our world caves in. Our faith, which sustained us powerfully up until this point, doesn't seem to work anymore. All of our answers are replaced with questions. God either vanishes from view or he breaks out of the comfortable box we held him in. We hit bottom. We reach the end of our rope. We hit the wall and seem to go no further on the spiritual journey. We have saved others, but ourselves we cannot save. We feel completely alone and abandoned by God. As one person put it, just when I got it all together, I forgot where I put it. So there's a lot of things going on here. One is this need, this compulsion now to question everything. 
And there's also this negative feeling in the dark night of the soul because at one point we were in ethnocentricity and we fit in our tribe and we were succeeding at fitting in our tribe. We were accomplishing while fitting in our tribe. And suddenly we don't fit anymore. And it feels like we're falling and those still in ethnocentricity inside our tribe are telling us we have fallen. They're telling us that, the, that we're scaring them. They're telling us that something has gone wrong and it needs fixed. And so maybe you should pray more and read more. Maybe you should listen to the leaders, the authorities of our institution more. And, and something deeply inside us is pushing back against that. And because our, our very being is saying, like, I can't go back to the way that all of those folks are doing it. And yet everybody inside the tribe is saying, you need to come back to the way we are doing it. You sense like this, uh-oh, something happened to me and I am broken away from the tribe. And that broken gets interpreted by us because of the words of others as brokenness, that, I'm, that I am flawed, that there's something wrong with me. And because this fracture involves going into the wilderness where God isn't present, we feel that because we've lost the presence of God, that we've done something wrong. The trouble here is that so few people are going through this journey, and those that do, there's so few of them that are still safely within the institution so as to be a mentor, so as to be a voice in the wilderness that can help us through this. Instead, everybody around us values the tribal boundaries and values us fitting in. And so we don't have anybody saying, hey, it's okay, this isn't falling away, this is growth. This isn't regression or slipping or sinning this is progression. This is light. This is the very thing that Jesus was called to do by the Spirit, which was to go into the wilderness, to have this fracture, to not have God present. And because we have no voices around us who are saying it's okay, slow down. Let's process this. Let's go through your questions. Your questions are honored. Let's sit with each of them and talk about them. I know that everyone else is telling you that you're broken and need fixed. I'm telling you you're not broken. This is growth. You are now, you have now stepped out of the first half of life and you've gone into the gate and the first place you're going to spend some time is in this wilderness. To be called into the wilderness is a deeply complex idea in conversations of faith development. Our souls naturally develop from egocentric to ethnocentric. Egocentric, again, we're so concerned about ourselves. And in ethnocentricity, we're so concerned about fitting in the tribe ourselves and compelling others to fit into the tribe. We are very much stuck in a binary or dualistic thinking of us versus them, good and bad, right and wrong. But to move into the next stage of development known as world-centric requires a fracture it requires leaving the ordinary 
It requires leaving behind the tribal walls, the rule-bound structures that you have conformed to. It requires that you let go of certainty. And for God, whatever God is, and I will leave it up sincerely to every individual as they work through their own faith journey to define that for themselves. And it might be something as rigid and literal to some as a bearded man in the sky. And for others, it might just be the emotional connectedness between all of us. But regardless of what it is, that thing has to leave us for a bit. For us to let go of our certainty, whatever that certainty is, and whatever it's about to turn into, the certainty has to disappear. A wise man once said, before there was knowledge, there was certainty. In order to exit the first half of life, one has to enter mystery. One has to enter the questioning of everything, and hence one has to let go of their certainty. The wilderness represents stepping into the darkness, not darkness as in bad or evil, but rather darkness as in the unknown. Often we are fractured by others and hence sent into the wilderness perhaps by the death of a loved one that has us questioning why God would do that, perhaps the abuse at the hands of a religious leader that presses us to question authority, perhaps a discovery that the facts and data and scholarship completely contradict the religious narrative you were given and hence you question your belief system, perhaps it is the sensing that your religious community is exclusive and marginalizing and causing trauma When you sense God calling you to be inclusive and loving and validating and empathetic and to value those differences as gifts, and hence you question the morality you were handed. Regardless of what initiates that fracture, to reach the deeper stages of development, we are each called to go into the wilderness. It is always a voice outside of us that calls us. And I don't mean that it's a person. It can be an event. It can be, uh, in Jesus's case, the spirit that tells him. But it's never our active decision to step into the wilderness. Because in our life, prior to this fracture, things were going pretty good. We had certainty. We knew what God looked like and we knew how he behaved and we knew what we had to do to live with him again. Everything was known, and we were hitting it out of the park. So something outside of us has to cause this deep fracture. For us to lose our certainty, to question everything, to lose the presence of God, and to enter into the wilderness. Regardless of what initiates that fracture, we have to go into the wilderness. The wilderness may represent a loss of certainty, And at the same time, it may also give us an encouragement, a freedom and motivation to deconstruct one's paradigm and to look at it with fresh eyes. For the first time, we're recognizing that things don't fit the way we were told they do. And so now we're going to take it apart ourselves, more closely examine it, and we're going to see what can go back together and what has to be cast off to the side and perhaps what needs to be just set aside softly to be re-examined later. And this deconstruction is crucial. 
It may involve the deconstruction of our, of our former religious paradigm that we were raised with. It may involve feeling the loss of faith and of spiritual experiences for a time. You may even feel that God has stepped away during this entrance in the wilderness. The scripture indicates that Jesus shall be on his own for a time, and so shall it be with each of us. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, this has been the Mythical Jesus Podcast. Come thou fount of every blessing, tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing, call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet, sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount, I'm fixed upon it, mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer, here by thy great help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home jesus sought me when a stranger wandering from the fold of god he to rescue me from danger interposed his precious blood